Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please, pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Today is bittersweet. You're going to get this pun when when I get talking to this guest. I love to feature local leaders in my own city. And just as a reminder, I live in London, Ontario, Canada. For those of you listening far and wide, because our listenership is now in 45 countries, I am two hours west of Toronto, almost the midpoint between Toronto, Ontario, and Detroit, Michigan. So my guest today is Rebecca Hamilton from Chick Boss Cake, and I would like to welcome her to the show, and we are going to have a really great, sweet conversation. Amazing. Thank you so much, Deb, for having me on your show. Well, fellow podcaster, fellow entrepreneur, fellow author, it's nice. It's nice having someone seasoned on the other side of the mic, but I really wanted to have you on for multiple reasons. One, because you're a woman entrepreneur and I'm just so excited for the success that you've had with your bakery, Chick Boss Cake. I'm giving her a shout out because I have a daughter with celiac. I have other relatives who have different allergies or anaphylactic shock to different things. And to know that I can make a phone call or order online, the peace of mind that you give to families is priceless. And I can tell you from my family, because we are we are a rinse and repeat regular, uh, your cupcakes and cakes, they're beautifully decorated, they're delicious, but the heart and soul that goes into it, I just want you to know from my family, and I'm sure there's a million other comments and, and reviews on the bakery you've really tapped into something sweet and I can see your heart in everything that you do. Oh, thank you, Deb. That makes me so, makes me feel so good hearing that because that's truly, truly what our business and our bakery and our brand is all about. It's all about the people and the connection and the experiences. So knowing that that translated to you and you, you understood that and that's what you got, the vibe you got from our bakery, that really, really means so much to me because that's what we're all about. People think we're about the cake, but it is not about the cake at our bakery. It's about the people. It's not about the cake. And, you know, people can't see you. But one of the things I love is is you have this vibrant blue hair with this vibrant pink headband on today. Just so authentically yourself. So tell our listeners a little bit about your background, because I'm changing things up on the podcast and I want my guests to be able to to give people a little glimpse into their life. So share with us a little bio about Rebecca. Awesome. I would love to. So 
I love that you brought up the authenticity because my three core values are integrity, authenticity, and kindness. So that is how I live my life. That's how I run my business. Um, So a little bit about me. So I'm the founder and CEO of Trick Boss Cake. I also wrote a book called The Million Dollar Bakery. Um, And my book is about my story, how I built my business, all of the hard stuff that I've been through in my life. And it really documents my journey uh, of how I was able to build such a successful bakery business and a little bit of my background and the reason why I wrote the book um, is to impact and inspire other uh, women entrepreneurs or anyone who really wants to, you know, start their own thing or turn their hobby into a successful business. Because if I can do it, anyone can do it. And that's the whole point of my book. Anyone can do anything in any industry and be successful. And so I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I moved out on my own at that time. I had a really chaotic and uh, rough childhood. So I grew up, it was really hard for me growing up. I ended up homeless for a certain period of time during my teenage years. And I had significant uh, mental health issues. I had depression. I had severe uh, anxiety. And, you know, it was just a really, really, really hard time for me. And so I was able to eventually turn that around and start this business, uh, this bakery business that I just, like Deb said, I put my heart and soul into. And I just, I loved it so much. I originally, when I was going through the hard time, I, I thought that I needed to have a job that society like deemed to be acceptable. So I originally wanted to be a police officer because, you know, my core values integrity. So I thought maybe I'd be a good police officer. Um, I don't think that they would allow me to have blue hair. So the authenticity part might waver a little bit, but um, that's originally what I wanted to do. And then, you know, I realized like my heart and soul wasn't in that. And then, so when I started doing baking just in my kitchen, I didn't take it seriously. It was a hobby and, you know, word was spreading and eventually friends of friends were asking for my baked goods and stuff like that. And so slowly but surely, I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And now we have three store locations. We're opening our fourth store location. Yeah. So that's a little bit, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) You know, it's so inspiring and it's almost like at the crossroads and, and the depths of despair that we can have in our life. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have some parallels to our upbringing it's, it's the birthplace of our resilience. So my first leadership question is, when did you hold on to or really view in your mind that you were a leader and an entrepreneur and thought, I think I can really do this? Honestly, I think I realized that at a really young age, to be honest, I was always very bossy growing up. I, I was the oldest of two brothers. You know, my parents had a bit of a tumultuous relationship there. So I always would poke my head into everything. I would stand up for what I thought was right. Um, and it didn't matter if it was at home, if it was at school, if it was like on the playground with my friends, 
I always had an opinion when it came to, you know, my core values, which I didn't know at the time, but they're just ingrained in me, the integrity, authenticity, and kindness thing. And so whenever I would see anybody, you know, stepping out of those lines of what I thought to be correct, I would step in and correct them. So um, I've always had that sense of, you know, do the right thing and speak up for people who can't speak up for themselves. And so I realized that as a, at an early age. And then when I had um, jobs, you know, when I was a teenager and stuff like that, I really realized that um, because I just wanted to run everything. I just wanted to do everything myself. I thought that, you know, I wanted to do it this way because I thought this way was better. And, you know, my boss didn't always agree with me. Um, so I knew that I had that entrepreneur uh, heart and uh, the, the tenacity and the grit really that comes along with being able to be an entrepreneur. And like you said, said, it's, it's a resiliency that, that I think really, you know, took me to the next level of everything because without that, I don't, I don't think I would have been able to grow my business. It was, it was really hard. So I love what you said about being a young student and, and being told that you were bossy. I, I join you in that, in that <laughs> ring. I had a couple of teachers and it's so funny as a research and we learn more about behaviors and, and bossy girls are just organic leaders who need to be fostered. And it's I interesting because that, that was my post that I chose to do today on LinkedIn was talking about my last boss before I decided to go, I'm, I'm going out on my own. Cause the VP said to me, you need to go like, she's never going to foster. And, and that saddens me now that I'm 32 years later in business, but I'm happy for those moments, much like I'm sure you are now looking at your success and multiple locations. So congratulations on, on all your success. My second question has permanent residency on the show. Share with us what imperfections that Rebecca brings to her heart-centered leadership. So I am somebody who like, I like to learn everything the hard way. So <laughs> I learned so many uh, imperfections that I had. And I think honestly, the number one imperfection that I struggle with is actually perfection and being a perfectionist. And I'm really passionate about following Brene Brown and her vulnerability stuff and everything like that, because it's really helped me recognize that, you know, when people go to a job interview and they'll, they'll ask like, what's your, what's your weakness? And they'll say, oh, you know, I'm just too perfect. I'm a perfectionist. And they say it kind of like they're proud, but I learned that it's really, it's not really something to be proud about. And it's something more so to work on and overcome because if you're always striving for perfection, you are setting yourself up to fail and you cannot be a, a leader of a company and of a team and expect perfection out of your team because that is absolutely impossible. You can't be perfect yourself and your team is not going to be able to perform perfectly, right? Because along with perfection comes with control as well. So I had to learn how to let go of control, let other people start doing the cakes and start de decorating the products. And, you know, that was really, really hard for me, to be honest with you. That was one of the hardest things, I think, is letting go of some of that control, um, letting go of the perfection, recognizing that it's not going to be perfect at any point. Um, but if you have the proper systems and processes in place, then 
your like your percentage of how great your stuff is is going to be much higher right so so i learned that i really had to let go of the control and the perfection aspect and implement uh systems and strategies and processes to set my team up for success so that they could decorate like very very well Um, while I wasn't there. And so that was hard for me, but I will say it's a work in progress. If, you know, any perfectionist listening to this, uh, it's very hard. You can't run a business. You can't grow a business when you are still holding on to that perfectionism and that control. And I will say, if you're an entrepreneur, that's the hardest thing to let go, but you have to. And since I've let that go, I work from home, 100% of the time now, I do all of our branding and marketing. I'm so much happier because I'm not stressed out trying to do all of the things perfectly and be in control of everything. And so I get to live this life that I love now. I, I just only do the things in my business that I love to do that I'm good at. And I let other people do things that they love to do and that they're good at. And, you know, it's a really, really good balance when you can do that. But if I put myself back into that mindset uh, of when I was letting it go and, and, and really stepping away, that was extremely painful for me, (laughs) extremely painful. So, but it's, you know, I think every entrepreneur goes through that it's equivalent to growing pains, but yeah. It's it's a testament to your leadership, to the commitment to your own personal and professional growth. And I mean, the listeners can't see your face light up when you said how happy you are to be doing what you do. You've implemented the train the trainer model. You're on my show and it's all about being imperfect. And it must be just such an elated feeling. And, you know, you're growing exponentially and we're still navigating a pandemic. Exactly. And I love that your show is centered around imperfection because uh, it's just such an important thing that everyone can really benefit from. And the fact that you have so many different people on here sharing their perspectives and stuff like that is so amazing. I love it so much. It, it's fun. We're we're almost to the end of season two, and I, I think we're going to be close to 195 leaders that we've Amazing. interviewed. And and you're right. I want people from all walks of life, from different countries, because at the end of the day, I'm trying to shift a paradigm that I know from a business acumen standpoint, we're all in different sectors, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all in the people business. Exactly. I could not agree more. It's all about the people and no, no matter what industry you're in, that's totally true. Okay, my third question, I just want to preface it and and give you some context. So I've had some amazing people on the show. Some people have had grade eight education. Some have had similar to you, some high school. Give some insight and awareness because we've got the entrepreneur and successful chick boss cake CEO with us today. Give some insight to someone who may be in that place or space in time right now where they didn't have either the psychosocial or the social economic means to carry on. You are such a bright light at the end of that tunnel. Share some guidance that you'd give to a younger person who's dropped out that, you know, dreams do come true. What are some strategies that you would you would give to a young person? Oh, love this question. Gives me goosebumps just getting ready to talk about it. So good. 
So first of all, that's the whole point of why I wrote my book, because I really, really wanted to to show people what I was able to do um, and share my story of of where I came from, because a lot of the times I think people look at, you know, CEOs or owners of companies are really successful people and they just see the end result of it. They don't see how they actually got there. They don't see where they came from and really where they came from and how they got there is all that really matters. It doesn't really matter that they ended up being successful. It's really inspiring and motivating. And that's what I found you know, when I was really struggling, I needed somebody like I needed somebody to look up to, to, to see that it was possible for somebody like me who, who dropped out of high school, moved out on her own and, you know, really, really struggled. Like I seriously struggled. And that's like, I document that in my book as well. And so advice that I would give I always just give the advice of what I did because that's authentic. That's what I know worked for me. And so I'll be honest, like I was, I was really insecure for a long time because I always thought like I had to go to school or I thought that if I didn't go to college, well, I wasn't going to be successful or I didn't go to university. I wasn't going to be successful. So I had those beliefs as well. And what I really learned was you can take control of that and you can self-educate your, yourself in, in different areas and stuff. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I started my self-development journey. So self-development or self-help uh, journey at a very young age, because when I was 18, 19 years old, I, I got introduced to the book, The Secret. And I was like, this is interesting. Um, and none of my friends were reading that book and, and really understanding the concept of it. So that was really the first introduction that I had to a a self-development journey. And then I just found it really interesting and I just kept it going. And I I just kept going on this self-development journey of, you know, being aware of my weaknesses, learning what my weaknesses were, working on them and also amplifying my strengths as well. Cause that's really important too, because if we amplify our strengths, then we're going to be able to find uh, jobs and roles that are going to really set us up for happiness and fulfillment and success as well. So I really dove into this self-development thing. I started following all of the, you know, self-development people like Tony Robbins, Brene Brown and, and stuff like that. And I just, I learned so much from doing that on my own. And so that really, really helped me getting, getting myself and investing in myself and treating myself like I was going to be the the biggest asset to myself, because you are, you're always your biggest asset and just continuously investing. And and even though I didn't go to school, I, I dug around for all of the answers that I ever needed. I still do. I don't, I don't let the limiting mindset of, Oh, I didn't go to school. So that means I I'm not smart. That means I don't know what I'm doing. I figure out the answers and that's what confidence is. And if you have confidence, you can do anything. Um, And building your confidence is simply just your belief in yourself that you're able to go and figure things out. It doesn't mean that you always have all the answers. It just means that you can rely on yourself to figure them out. And so that's, that's really what I did. And that's what helped me gain the confidence. And it's really what I, how I figured everything out. You can you know, you can figure anything out now or so we're spoiled with the amount of information on podcasts like yours, books that are out there, you know, internet is free and full of lots of information, right? So 
Um, just having that growth mindset, having that desire and having the belief in yourself that you can do it is really all that that's where you need to start, you know? And then I recommend every, every single person who came from a rough childhood or a rough past, they have trauma in their life. They didn't go to school. Like you need to get on your self-development journey ASAP, because that's the only thing that is going to really, really push you down the road. You know, I have a lot of friends too, that are, are very highly, highly educated and, you know, they still, they're still like at the beginning of their self-development journey and they're struggling because they have the education, but they don't have the mindset, right? And the mindset, well, a lot of the self-development gurus say that it's 80% psychology and only 20% strategy. So um, that says a lot about mindset. It's all about mindset. And so that's, that's the advice that I would give. It's really, really important. And it's great advice. And, you know, we have the world at our fingertips now like you said. So, you know, it's, it's going back to those elements that you foster so well, tenacity, grit, entrepreneurs, when they're put in the Valley, we don't sit there and go, I wonder how long I'm going to sit here. It's like, okay, how the hell am I going to get out of this? What do I do next? We have that CEO micro millisecond time to delegate, make a decision. We're doing it just in a different way because we're not this massive global organization. And it's so true. And you made such a great point about people that are well-educated. And I've interviewed a lot. I coach a lot. The soft skills and the mindset was never developed because there was that perfectionism, that Mm -hmm. intangible reality. It's, you know, it's like a dog chasing its tail. It's never going to happen. But you have to make the conscious decision to get off the hamster wheel and make a change. And the only person that can do that is ourself. So powerful. Okay, my last leadership question is, you have three locations right now. A fourth is forthcoming. Tell us something that is still a goal that's sitting in your heart that maybe it's been in your journaling or your mindset or whatever your, your meditation, whatever that is for you. Share with us a long-term goal that's sitting out there as the CEO of the company, whether it's three, five, seven, 10 years down the road. What's a big goal that we just need to put out there right now on this podcast? Amazing. Well, I just started my keynote speaking and I've really, really, really been enjoying doing that. So I would love to speak on stages all over the world, sharing my story and uh, really just showing other people that they can do what I'm doing and I'm nothing special. I'm just, I'm just willing to open up and share um, how I did it and what I did to get there. So honestly, that would really fill my heart and soul. Something that I've noticed, like as I've just grown and evolved with my business, because when it started, it was just Chad and I, my husband and I just doing it, baking um, in our kitchen at home. We eventually got our first store. And so we really started this thing from the ground up. And I just, I love to grow and evolve. Like I used to do all of, I used to decorate every single cake, every single product. And now I create the products and then get my staff to decorate them. So I I have that, still have that creativity 
part of it where I create the designs and stuff. And I love that part. Um, and then I, you know, I wrote, I wrote a book and then I did a podcast and like, I just, I need to grow. I need to keep doing things that I haven't done before, because when you have that entrepreneur mindset, you, you can't just keep working in your business because that doesn't fill you, you know? So I'm always growing and expanding and I'm, I'm an introvert. And I know a lot of people are really surprised when I say that, but I'm an introvert and I love my quiet alone time, but honestly, I've, I've really, really enjoyed uh, keynote speaking. I've been doing cake decorating classes too with the community and we, you know, we sell those out all the time. So just being in, in groups of people like that and being able to inspire and stuff, that's, that's really what I, I'm most passionate about. And, you know, I, I know we're going to be opening more stores in the future for sure. Cause that's my husband and I's goal as well. But ultimately I would love to continue keynote speaking. I I've really enjoyed that. That's amazing. And you know, it's, it's a testament to your authenticity and your heart centered leadership. I wanted to share a little story with you. We call January in my month in my house, poverty month, <laughs> because <laughs> we have so many birthdays. And like I mentioned earlier, our daughter has celiac disease. So we have to be so mindful and careful of where we buy products. And it's such uh, an ease on my mind to know that I can call somebody and, and your staff they're all even, they're all steady. They're just, they're helpful. And they know me by name now, which tells you how often I order (laughs) baked goods. But what I love is sometimes I order things and then I forget every mom does this. (laughs) And I call and speak to one of your staff and they're like, Deb, you did that like three weeks ago. We got you all. And we have a great laugh and a conversation about something else. And then we move on. But in January, it was a really, really cold day in January. And I remember we were getting a cake delivered and I love that they call you like 10 minutes before, because again, you've put in really efficient processes and, you know, Deb, we're going to be there in 10 minutes. And I landed up talking to this girl on your staff and I said to her, this is going to sound weird, but could I have your email? I said, I'd like to buy you a coffee at Starbucks. I'm like, it's freezing. I think it was like minus 21 that day with the wind chill. And she was so taken back. And I said, I'm going to send it to you right now. Go and get yourself a latte or a coffee or whatever's (laughs) your favorite. And then bring my cake because I'm sure it's cold in the car and they're in and out. And, and, you know, it was just, it was something that I always try and do just a heart centered, not expected. You know, I've even, I think it's Kennedy. I've spoken to a few times on your staff, just lovely. And, and we have a good laugh because we get so (laughs) organized as entrepreneurs. It's like, did I do that? Did I not do it? And I just wanted to say to you on the podcast today that as a customer, it's just really lovely to see the the amount of time and effort that you and Chad have put into the bakery. And I'm so happy to see you thriving in three locations. You've got a new one coming in the summer, you said in Kitchener. And just know from families like myself who, who have children with allergies, you can't buy that peace of mind. And it's, and, and your designs are so fun. Like deciding what cake is like so hard. And I got so creative again, because of you on my husband's birthday in February, I thought I'm going to design my own cake. (laughs) 
I, I need to send you the picture because we've never seen my husband smile or get excited about a cake. <laughs> and when we put this cake down in front of him, it was like a little kid, you know, the Aww. big eyes. And he was like, wow. And my kids are like, who are you? I love and, it. But that's what you do. You know, we can share a vision of, I, I want to do a cake, something like this. And, oh yeah, leave it with us. We got it. And it's captured. Like you can't create that. It's innate. It's organic. It's, it's, it, it comes from a place of heart, what you do. And I can honestly and authentically and, and sincerely say that to you as a customer. So I'm just, I'm Google reviewing gushing right now on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that so much. And we're going to get together. We're going to have cupcakes and I'm going to get your book to. and you're going to sign yes. your book. And we now have to have cupcakes. Oh, that would be so amazing. You're just, I just love everything about you. You're so kind and sweet. Thank you. You know, I remember I was probably a little bit older than you when The Secret came out and it was given to me, the the DVD set, actually. Yeah. And we can become what we believe we can become. And it's that simple. It really is. So true. I could not agree more. It's so true. I'm going to I'm going to switch to my fun Fab Four questions. So my first <laughs> question is, tell us something that we don't know about Rebecca. Oh my goodness. What you don't know about me. (laughs) Um, Well, to be honest, there's probably a lot, like I'm a pretty open person, but because I'm such an introvert, I actually didn't start doing like videos or podcasting or anything until like probably a a year and a half or two years ago. So before that point, you probably wouldn't know anything about me because I was always behind the scenes and just doing my thing. Um, But because I really wanted to step out of my shell and grow and stuff like that, I decided I had to, I had to do it for my business and get out of there, get out of the kitchen and start putting my face on things. So um, I don't know. I really love traveling. A lot of people are surprised to know that I've uh, cage dived with gray white sharks in South Africa. <laughs> um, and whenever I tell that story, they're always very interested in how I got the courage to do that. And I don't know, but I would never do it again. <laughs> you know, what's, you know, what's really interesting is I can honestly tell you, and I, I need to do some research on all of the data from the podcast guests, because we're getting close to 200. I can faithfully say to you, 75% of the guests including yours truly, we are all introverts. So cool. I and there's, that. and I think there's a cognitive connection between, I'll have to speak to one of my cognitive experts. I think there is a connection between thought leadership in terms of a higher analytical way of thinking, I, AKA thought leadership and we're all introverts. So we give and give and give, and we dump into creativity. And then we got to plug in and recharge by ourselves. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think there probably is a connection because, you know, we, we really internalize a lot of things and we think things through like substantially before we implement. And honestly, I think that that's the best thing to do. Well, and because people perceive you as outgoing because you keynote Mm -hmm. speak, so do I, we have a podcast it doesn't mean that we're not an introvert. So it's another, yeah. it's another barrier I'm trying to, to break down. Okay. My second question is, is kind of fun. I'm granting you a wish to have dinner with any leader in the world. So the context is the leader can be living. It could be someone that passed away. Who are you having dinner with? And what is the dinner conversation? Oh my God, this is so easy for me. <laughs> 
Uh, it would 150% be Oprah for sure. I just, I love everything about her. Like, I don't know. The conversation would just be, I don't know. I don't even know what the conversation would be. It'd probably be really awkward because I'd be fangirling for a little bit, but I would just love to just get inside her, you know, her head and kind of learn her perspective and her thoughts on how she, how she creates such like her whole vibe and everything. She's so kind. And like, the one thing that I really love about her, and this is just, this is just kind of random, but I saw a post where she, she was at an Adele concert and this was kind of recently. And she was at an Adele concert and she was dancing and singing with Lizzo. And I don't know if you know who that is, but she's like a a pop singer and she's, she's much edgier, like very different. If I follow her on Instagram, she posts a lot of really naked pictures and stuff, right? So totally opposite in my opinion of Oprah. And I just, I just saw them dancing together and I just thought like, wow, like it is so cool that somebody like Oprah, who seems to be very like reserved and like, you know, put together is just, is, is partying with Lizzo. And I just thought like, that's beautiful. Um, that even though I'm sure they have extremely different values and outlooks on life, that they come together and can just be in the same room and have a good time together, respect each other and just treat each other like, like human beings, regardless of the differences. And that's honestly, that's probably what I love most about Oprah. And I think that in terms of what we can learn from her, that's where she shines the most is just, you know, she's, she's not judge judgmental. She's very, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going based off what I think she's like, but it just, it just comes across like just that she's such a beautiful, kind person with integrity and authenticity, which I'm all about. So that's who I would love to. She's certainly heart centered. And my definition of being a heart centered leader is honoring your connection with people. And it doesn't matter who those people are. If, if yeah. there's a connection, there's a connection. I could just hear her saying to you, Rebecca, you better be rolling in here, girl, with one of them cakes. So you, you better be <laughs> yes. ready for that. You've put that out there. She's, been, she's been mentioned a few, time, a few times on the show from that question by other leaders, similar context. She's so positive. And, and I mean, look at her upbringing. So there's relatability for you. Exactly. So cool. Okay. Third question, name a book that you've read and it can be at any age or even lately really changed you and why? Oh my gosh. I've read so many books. It's crazy. I love reading. Um, I would say that the, uh, obviously the secret is very impactful because that was the first book that I got for self-development. But I think the one that really like spoke to me personally. And I know there's like controversy around this person, but honestly, she changed my life and I love her. And, you know, everybody's human, makes mistakes, whatever, but was Rachel Hollis. She had a huge impact when I read her book. I read her first book, Girl, Wash Your Face. And then the other one was Girl, Stop Apologizing. And she just spoke to me in a way that other people didn't. And it was so relatable to me. And uh, I went to her Rise Women's Conference in Toronto. And honestly, that's that was a pivotal moment for me. That really changed my my life and my outlook. And that was right before COVID. It was in March, the year that COVID happened. And Chad tells me all the time, like, I don't know if we would have been able to do what we did if I didn't go to that conference because I gained so much from going there that it gave me everything I needed to 
work 24 seven, like we did through COVID. So it really, really, really helped. And so um, I think that those, those books from Rachel Hollis really had such an impact on me. And I think it's really important to, to find people and mentors and stuff like that, that you can really relate to because there's so many out there and you're not going to relate to all of them. And uh, she's just somebody that I was able to relate to. And she really helped me a lot. Absolutely. I was at that conference as well. You were? That's so cool. Yeah. That's a, look, we have so much in common. We're basically best friends already. There you go. And we haven't <laughs> even had cupcakes yet. I know. You know, you made a point that I just want to echo. It's finding your tribe. And those people can be different sector, different age, different experience, different influence. But they're a little farther down the road from you. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not going to have the bumps and the barriers and the, and the wins and the losses, but to be able to connect with somebody, we all have those mentors and we need to have those mentors because if we don't grow, we become stagnant. And when we're stagnant, mm-hmm. we become complacent. And when we're complacent, we won't be in business anymore. And 100%. you have continued to exponentially grow through a pandemic. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so excited that we met today. So before we close out the show, uh, I want to say thank you for your time. I'm so excited to live in the same city as you and to be able to buy your cakes and, and know that every time I see you grow or something new comes out, I know that you're sitting in your beautiful home office you know, creating something. And I know the independent thought and innovation that goes into you progressing this business. So just know that uh, the crows are forever customers for sure. Thank you so much, Deb. That means the world to me. And I really, really appreciate you having me as a guest on your podcast. This was an awesome conversation. I love the questions that you asked. I love that you do the like the leadership questions and then the fun questions. I think that makes for a really great podcast. So I think you're an amazing woman in our community too. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity and I can't wait to meet you in person. Me too. So I'm going to have you finish this sentence and we'll close out the show. Heart-centered leadership is authenticity, integrity, and kindness. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.